In Exodus 34, God said, uh, verse number 10, Behold, I make a covenant before all the, thy people. God's talking to Moses here. I'm making a covenant before all thy people. He said uh, that I will do marvels such as have not been seen in all the earth nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do. Terrible doesn't mean terrible like we think. It means awesome, amazing. Um, so he said, I am making a covenant with you to do miracles. Isn't that good? Uh, God never intended that whatever he's called us to do, we do it in our own power. He's called it, he, he intended that we uh, tap into a miraculous flow of his ability and uh, to get us beyond what we can do in our own ability. And notice he didn't just say, thank you. Um, he didn't just say, I'm, I'm going to do miracles. No, he said, I'm making a covenant with you. And a covenant is a solemn oath. Amen. It's, not some, it's, it's actually something sworn in blood. And he's basically saying, I will uh, solemnize this, this sworn oath to you in a covenant that I will do miracles. And so he's committed to this. That's what a covenant is. It's something you're fully committed to. To sign a covenant or, or to make a covenant in blood means I will keep this on my own life because my life is in the, my blood. So he's saying, I, I don't just, uh, you know, passively say this. I'm actually solemnizing it with the covenant. I'm committed to it. Um, and so uh, he's making an agreement with his people to do amazing things. How many of you know our lives ought to be supernatural? It ought to be not like, not like everybody else around us. Everybody else on our block in our neighborhood, unless they're believers, you understand. But I'm talking about it ought to be just, just amazing what happens to us and for us and, and how, how we have things work for us that is not working for anybody else. I mean, we got all the advantages of the whole, we got the Holy Ghost, he's our advantage. We got the, the message of faith. We got the authority of the believer. We got the angels. We got the power and we got, you know, and so... Um, one of these things that, that I want to see, to, or we want to look at tonight, is how to cooperate with God in miracles, and in particularly how to pray out miracles, because we're talking about prayer tonight. And so, um, uh, one of the things that the Holy Ghost will prompt us to do to cooperate with the flow of the miraculous, which, you know, we need, I, you need in your life to fulfill what God's called you to do. We need in the, in the ministry to fulfill everything. I mean, he's putting, a, somebody told me the other day, um, I, I was talking to somebody, I guess they didn't ask me, I was just talking to him. And I said, you know, if somebody walked through the door today and handed me about $7 million, I've already got the vision for where to put it. Yeah. All right, yes, sir. Yeah. You yeah. might say, what on earth are you going to do? It? I would, it's the buildings in Kansas yes, City. Yes. There's things that need to be paid off here. There's a lot of renovation needs to be done in these buildings. And an airplane and just, just, we got the vision. (laughs) I mean, that's not, you know, but anyway, I'm just saying that uh, there's going to, it's going to require some miraculous things happening in order to really fulfill the vision. But that's exactly what God has set, up, uh, set us up for by having us uh, step into some of these things. He set us up for miraculous provision. And so Romans 8 says, you're familiar with this, this verses on prayer. Uh, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, 
But the Spirit himself, the Greek says, himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, I think it's the Amplified says yearnings. Other translations say longings that are too deep for utterance. And so this, this is what the Holy Spirit helps us do. He helps us pray for things that are too deep for utterance in articulate speech is really what the Greek says. In other words, we can't express with our English in our case, or Espanol in Brother Juan's case, uh, we can't express what we long and, and desire in our spirits. But our spirits are hungry for something, and, and we can yield to the Holy Ghost, and He'll, he'll help us. The, he that searches, verse 27, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so what he's saying there is that God... He knows what the Spirit has in mind when He gives us these expressions in the Spirit. When, our, when we can't express it in articulate speech, that doesn't come out to God and God says, I have no idea what they're talking about. No, it comes out to God and He's like, I, I see what it is that they're hurt, yearning for and giving expression to. He's the one that gave the utterance for it or the expression and the yearning so He knows what, it, what the interpretation is. You know, when we speak in tongues, God doesn't need the, the, to, the gift of interpretation to know what it is. He knows. <laughs> so that's what he's talking about. And so, but um, these yearnings and longings, um, these yearnings and longings, I mean, it just, it just dawned on me this afternoon. I mean, I guess I'd known it, but uh, in a new way I saw it. These yearnings and longings are not, in other words, they find their beginning in the compassion of God. That, that's where these things come from. God longs to do something for somebody. And so he'll put these things on our heart or he longs to do something in our lives. And so he'll give us these travail, these things that, that come out like travail or yearnings in the spirit. And as a result of yielding to that and expressing that to God, it sets the power of God in motion for the miraculous. I'm in a place right now in my life, I'm, I'm just, I'm finding myself, I've shared it with, with a few people, I've shared it with the leadership, I found myself a couple of, a couple of times in more recent times, uh, waking up in the middle of the night and, and beginning to pray and I realized, usually I'll just stay right there in bed. Of course, Pastor Debbie's sleeping, you know, usually, sometimes, try not to wake her up, but, um, but I realized, uh-oh, this is going to get strong. So I had to get up and I had to go up to my, I got a place above the garage uh, living quarters up there. And I realized this is going to get too strong to even be there. So I had to close all the doors, yeah. Yeah. which you don't do in our house because the cat will come up and you, <laughs> you know, she, but I had to close all the doors. And then I had to go into the restroom up there and close that door and lay on the floor. And it just came out travailing and yearnings and longing and tears and cries. There's some things that God's working on. Hallelujah. And that's not just one time that's happened. That's been happening in more recent weeks, uh, more and more. And uh, there's been some things I believe some of you are tapping into. And you're bringing a supply to that. And you're bringing, uh, you know, and, and, and really there's been some things happening. We, we don't always talk about it in all the services, but you can see, you, can, you see some of it happening in the service. But what actually happened in that person's life as a result is like, is like one of those points they'll mark for the rest of their life and say, that was the point that it all changed. You might find out about it later if somebody feels free to testify. But and you saw a little bit, you saw, what you saw in the service is only the tip of the iceberg yes, to what was really going on. Amen. Come on. Yes. 
But I'm convinced it's because we're yielding to these things in prayer. Changing people, changing the whole direction of their lives. Changing how long they live. It's just, it's just I'm loving it. Uh, but, uh, but I want you to, to look at some of these things because that's what the Spirit of God was saying to me this afternoon. These long, yearnings and longings, they find their beginning in the compassion that God has for His people because He longs to do much, so much more for them. Um, uh, Ephesians 6.18, well, we'll go there in a minute, but let's look at this. Acts chapter number 12, if you want to turn there. Um, we're going to say some of these things quickly so we can get into prayer. But Acts chapter 12, this is when the children, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, church, the body of Christ, began to realize, wait a minute, we got to stop this in prayer because the king is trying to snuff out Herod, the king, is trying to snuff out all the leadership of the church. And he actually, the Bible said he killed James in verse number two. And because, it's verse three, this is Acts 12, three, because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he pr- uh, proceeded further to take Peter also. Uh, that were then were the days of unleavened bread. So he's this is the king of that day, which is probably demon possessed man. Yeah. Uh, but he's full of the devil, and he's he's being used of the devil to snuff out the leadership of the body of Christ. Notice how it starts out. Uh, um, he stretched verse one. He stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Do you know if there's certain that the uh, certain ones, in other words, that the devils focus in on? There ought to be certain ones that we focus in on in our prayer life talking about in the body of Christ. <clears throat> but um, so he started, taking, he started taking them one by one and got to Peter. And the, the, the children, uh, I keep saying the children of Israel, for some reason, the, the church woke up and said, well, we, we don't have to let this happen. And uh, verse four, he was apprehended and so forth. Look at the end. Uh, no, verse five, Peter was kept in prison, but prayer, you ought to underline that, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So that wasn't the prayer of faith because it was made without ceasing. Prayer of faith says, amen, got it. Thank you, Jesus. And goes, you know, I say sometimes you pray the prayer of faith, prayer of faith seven times, you prayed six times too many. But this went, this, this continued. This was, this was supplication kind of prayer. Praying in the spirit, praying out this, this miraculous deliverance that needed to be prayed out. It's James 5 kind of praying makes tremendous power available. Remember that, James chapter 5? This this kind of prayer makes tremendous power available. Amplified says, dynamic in its working. Whoo, glory. We need some house-shaking kind of praying. So that's what they were praying here. Notice what happened. That's verse number 5. Look at verse 6. When Herod would, would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the doors kept the prison. In other words, it's secure, but he's in chains. and no way he could get out. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the, uh, the, light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. I mean, he's sleeping sound, so he had to wake him up. Yeah. He had to, you know, slap him a little bit. He smote him on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. So he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And they went past the, the different wards. That's the guards. They walked right past those guards. I mean, that's supernatural. Yes. 
There's a lot of miraculous things happen. Chains falling off, doors opening up. The guards didn't even see them. Somebody said, how'd that happen? I don't know if, I don't know if God, the, the, the power that was manifested on an angel put them into the, uh, out under the power. I don't know if they were just supernaturally blinded. But they walked through a couple of different guards, a couple of different gates. And then he got outside in the last gate and the angel disappeared. He's, he's like, my goodness, this is really me. I'm sorry, this is real. This isn't just a vision. I'm out here. How many of you know that, that those people praying prayed that out? They prayed that miracle out. Woo, glory. I mean, can we still do that today? Not only can we, it's been happening. Praise God. Now, Ephesians 6.18 says we're to watch, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto. In other words, thereunto prayer. In other words, there in the Spirit, watch unto prayer. Amen. This is a lost art in the body of Christ. Uh, the the, the uh, old-time Pentecostals knew a little bit about this uh, and would, would flow in it. But then when the message of faith came along, everybody, not everybody, but some people thought, well, we're faith people now. We don't need to do that kind of praying. Well, we are faith people, but we need all kinds of praying. We need the prayer of faith. We need the, sometimes the prayer of faith won't get what only this kind of prayer can get, especially because you're out beyond your own authority, praying for other people where you don't have the authority in their life like you do in your own life. Prayer of faith, prayer of faith is mostly for your own life. Yeah. That's what it's mostly for. But when it comes to other people, you're going to have to learn to pray some other kinds of prayer. And when it comes to the church body, you're going to have to learn how to pray some other kinds of prayer. And that's what we're learning in some of these sessions. And so he's talking about watching here, watching under prayer. So he's talking about spending time in the presence of God uh, to see what the Spirit wants or needs somebody to pray about. And so... um, uh, waiting on the direction of the anointing in prayer is really what this is. And uh, you can miss, without being watchful in some of these cases, you can miss some of the cues in prayer because he, uh, you know, we are caught up with the natural affairs of life. Yes. I've missed things sometimes because I wasn't giving myself to prayer. Um, but if we're watchful, like this verse says, watch. Praying always with all prayer, watching thereunto, watching unto prayer. Then we'll pick up more of these cues, and uh, the devil won't, won't get it over on so many people that we're sort of watching over. Yes. Amen. Amen? And so that's the purpose of this exhortation. Now, there's people that, that the Spirit of God is longing to intervene on their behalf uh, because of the, that their need would be met or that something would be turned that's getting ready to go the wrong direction. I've seen this over and over again. Something's going the wrong direction. I don't talk about probably 90% of it, the prayer, my prayer life in, in, in my private time for this congregation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get over it because, you know, I have a vantage point from, the, from the, you know, the office that I'm standing in as the pastor. I have a vantage point to see things that maybe others aren't equipped to see. So I'm not saying, well, you should be picking these things. Some of these things you might, some of these might, might not. Yeah. But, but I have a vantage point, or, or uh, how would I say it, my, my place in the spirit as a, you know, the Bible calls um, uh, a pastor one that watches for people's souls. So, so you're watching over the flock. That's just not in the natural you're watching. That's over in the spirit you're watching. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Amen. Yeah. So, uh, so it's not important, but there's things that you get over in the spirit, you'll find, you'll pick up that the spirit longs to do yes. for somebody. Yes. Or he longs for them not to fall for that, that lie that they're getting ready to fall for. Or, 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 you know, there's just so many things. But um, so really, because he longs to help people and intervene in some of these cases and, and turn some things, he's looking for somebody to respond to him in prayer. Because, you know, John Wesley made the statement, it seems like God's limited by our prayer life. He can't do anything for humanity unless somebody asks him. Yes. Then he said, why this is, we don't know. Brother Hagin heard that statement and says, well, we ought to know. And then he come find out, he said he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went to searching for the answer and he yes, got sir. it. The Lord started talking to him. It's all, it all has to do with authority in the earth. Yes. God, didn't, God doesn't just run everything. People say, well, God's just running everything. No, he's not running everything. He's doing what the church yields to him yes. to do. Yes. But... Um, no, he gave us authority down here. He gave man authority down here. And then when man lost it, he came, Jesus came to bring that back. So there's a lot of things he can't just do because he longs to do them. He has to get somebody down here to ask him. And you go through the New Testament and the Old Testament, you'll see verses about prayer over and over again. You'll see, well, it just basically says that, that I can't do something unless you ask. Like, for example, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plenty, so labors are few. Pray. Well, if it's your harvest and you want to send labors, obviously you must want to because of what you said. Pray that the Lord will send labor. You must want to. It's your harvest. And you're the one going to do the sending. Why don't you just do it? But he said, ask me. Seems like he can't do that unless somebody asks him. And you could go through the New Testament and see that over and over and over again, that, that principle. Um, and, 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 you know, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. It's, well, if it's time for the rain, just send it, Lord. No, he said, you got to ask me. Somebody's got to ask me. And that's not just a little, Lord, send the rain. That's a, a getting over into the spirit and praying it out of the, desi- the longing of your heart. Why do you want that? Because people's needs are going to be met. Because you have compassion on people. You know what? I, I think we ought to get a heart for people beyond this congregation, right. beyond, beyond this, these walls. Come on. Yes, sir. The things start happening in yes, a way sir. that this city is shaken yes. with the power of God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. They need an opportunity. Yes. They, need, they, they need to have the chance yes. to say yes or no to yes. the power of God. Come on. Yes. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and so... Um, he longs to do these things, but uh, that's why he's moving on some of us. And uh, those of us that are paying attention, I'm hearing more and more. Uh, he's moving on people to pray. Philippians 1.19, Paul said some things were going to turn for him through their prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.19. So that prayer, this is the kind of prayer that makes this power available, like James says. Hallelujah. And so that enables them, that power made available to them through our prayers, enables that person to overcome whatever the, the enemy's throwing at them. Yes. Amen. Just, Amen. Just, it's just been happening more and more in our services. Yeah. 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 Like I say, you see a little bit, you see the person ministered to, but you, yeah. you, you don't know the whole story and the back, the back story, you know, yeah. Yeah. of what happened. Yes. Yes. Totally changed their life. Amen. Totally changed their life. And so Ephesians 6 here, you know, we were looking at 6.18. 
um, is talking about praying this out, praying these things out. So really, when you pray these things through, you're, you're so to speak, making power available for the miraculous to happen. Amen. Like we continue looking for a building in Kansas City. We need to make power available to that. I mean, we got some things in our heart, even people that we believe God wants to use. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, haven't found that out yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And we've talked to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 we're not interested. Uh-huh. Come on. But, but yet it's stuck down here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that's their choice. I can't override their will. God won't override their will. But my point is, if we make power available to them, they'll, they'll find out and say, oh, I see, I see. Praise the Lord. There's just, there's just some things I think that uh, maybe we'll share a little, a little bit more as we go here. But um, so uh, he said, uh, these things, when we pray these things out, really we're, we're making power available. And really it's like we're, it's like we're, it's like we're stockpiling miracles. So that as we continue to walk out the plan of God, we'll bump right into miracles. Does that make any sense? Yes, it's like it's being laid up for yes. us on our path. Yes. Yes. That's good. These things don't automatically happen. Right. They, they happen because somebody mixed their faith with them yes. uh, or they, somebody prayed it out. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of what this is all about. And so, you know, I could tell you stories. I'm thinking of a, a lady right now, a uh, pastor told me that she, was, she grew up in like denominational church, maybe Catholic or something. And she started coming to this pastor's church, real, real good pastor, preaching the word, and found out, you know, started really growing for the first time in her life and her husband. And they, they found out about, you know, faith and the words you speak and, and this, this life of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit and so forth. And uh, first of all, they found out about the words you speak, and she gently, kindly lovingly said to her husband, you know, it's important what we say. And you've been saying for a while now, you don't think you're going to live past the age of 40. You know, and yeah, I guess I better, you know, he's learning a little bit and getting enough knowledge to stop, maybe just listen to her, what she's saying. But, but, uh, but he had set that thing in motion. You know, you don't turn those things on a dime. If you've been saying something for 15 years. And so, but anyway, she went to church one Sunday. Actually, she had, before she went to church, she had an unction for a period of a couple of weeks, I guess, off and on, just real, real yearning and travail over his life in prayer. She had learned some things of the Spirit. She's going to a church where she's learning some things of the Spirit. We're Word and Spirit people. We're Word and Spirit people. Amen. Word and Spirit people. So she's learning the word and the move of the spirit. And she found out about this move of the spirit in prayer and started uh, finding herself being used that way. She was praying for her husband. She said she knew it was for him, but she didn't know what it was all about. One service, she went to service, but he didn't. He went and thought, yeah, I got to get some work done at the garage. And he was at the garage working in, you know, a car yeah. up on a, what do you call those things? Hoist. And uh, that thing fell. I mean, she didn't know it, but, but he's there by himself later told her that car fell off of that hoist. And, and fell on top of him, and he's laying there thinking, my God, I'm laying here dying. I'm I'm, he's, he can't get out. He's pinned. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, later, uh, his wife found out that, uh, that something picked that car. Nobody else in the shop, but something, someone picked that car up off of his body, and he was able to get out, and he checked himself. He wasn't even, he wasn't even hurt. 
He came home, and when, when uh, she got home, he was home. Yeah. She got home from church. He's already home. Yeah. And, and uh, he's real quiet. Uh-huh. You know, he's a Christian, but, yeah. you know, not, not real grown, you know, just yeah. a bit yeah. of a young Christian. Yes. And he's real quiet. He didn't want to talk about it. I mean, he, he, was, he, wasn't even, he wasn't even looking at her. He didn't even want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's, you know, she'd been around him for a while, knew him, knew, knew he's acting different. Said, what's wrong with you? What happened? What happened down there? I don't want to talk about it. She's, and, but finally, she prevailed on him. You know, wives yeah. are good at that. <laughs> and and uh, he needed to talk about it. Yeah, but I'm just kidding, you know. But, so she prevailed on him. And he said, well, and he told her that story. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, honey, what you don't know is I've had a real burden to pray for you. Yeah. And, and uh, see, what was, he had set that in motion yeah. all those years by saying, you know, I'll never live past the age of 40. He's right around that age. Yeah. He had set that in motion. But see, God was looking through the body of Christ to find some. See, God saw that coming, but he wanted that. He didn't want that to happen. I said he didn't want that to happen. Amen. You know, people can set spiritual laws in motion, but that doesn't mean God wants it to happen. He, he needs somebody to help change that. And so thank God she was able to do that. And his life was spared. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember the man in LaSalle, Peru. Anybody that comes to the spirit of faith knows about LaSalle, Peru. <laughs> Amen. That man I prayed in the spirit. I think it was an hour. It's been so long ago. I don't remember. Out more than an hour praying in the Holy Ghost. Couldn't even get my, I, I didn't even have unction to get my Bible and get my sermon ready. But I prayed in the spirit. And then finally, um, it lifted off of me and I saw the whole service. I knew what to preach and everything. Went to the service, just acted out what I saw. And at the end of the service, I had a prompting, lay hands on people, and then six people came up. The seventh man came up and laid hands on him. They all fell out of the power, and they filled with the Holy Ghost. So I'm making a long story short. And, and uh, later, the pastor came through the doors and said, did you get that seventh man's testimony? I said, no. He said, come in with me to go get something to eat. And he said, that man is my contractor on the building that I'm building here. And he said, he's from Nazarene, Na- Nazarene Church or something. And he said, uh, he came this, that was his family, came up to be filled with the Spirit. They came tonight to see what this church was all about that they're working for. And they heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're saved, but they wanted to get baptized. Well, six of them wanted to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. He's standing back there saying, that's not for me. And when he did, he's standing there watching them getting filled. He said his heart stopped beating. His doctor said he's got had a heart condition for a number of years. Mm -hmm. He could fall dead any minute, and he's dying. He's been dead twice. He knew what it was like. He said, I'm standing here dying. He said, my God, I'm standing here in church dying. He said, there was a pillar of glory came out of, the, out of the, the ceiling. And I was like, you know, that beam me up, Scotty, light, you know. He said, that's what came down out of the, out of the ceiling. And I'm standing there in that glory. He's a Christian. He, he could sense the presence of God. He knew it was God. But he said, I'm standing here. And he said, I'm sustained by that power. And he said, the Lord spoke to him out of that presence and said, you can stand here and die. Or you can go up there and have them lay hands on you, be filled with the Spirit, and I'll heal you too. Yeah. Sounds like God. I set before you life and death. You choose. He chose. And he got filled. Well, he went, he went out under the powers. Good I didn't know he was a walking dead man. That's really what he was. His heart, he came up there. His heart's not beating. You call that a walking dead man. <laughs> and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, went out under the power, speaking in tongues, but came up off the ground, healed, went back to his doctor. And the doctor said, they checked it and said, you got the heart of a 20-year-old man. God has spare parts. You thought Napa had spare parts. God has spare parts. Glory. That's the kind of miracles I want to see. 
but, but see, God knew that man was going to yeah. die. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But he didn't want it to happen. Come nope. on. There's a lot of things God knows yeah. are getting ready to happen, but he don't want them to happen. They're not his will to happen. Thank God we can get over there in the spirit. God knows, and we don't know, but we can, we can hook up to the one who does know. Change things that would otherwise not be changed. Praise God. I don't believe that miracle would have happened if I hadn't prayed in the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that dear brother in, in, in that church that was, you know, pinned under that car. I don't believe he'd have been raised up and delivered from that alive if it hadn't been for his wife praying, yielding to the Holy Ghost. This will make you hungry for prayer. Praise God. You'll find people that you think would never get saved. All of a sudden, something happens and they turn like that. Because you prayed it out in the Holy Ghost. We've been seeing some of that in our services lately. Not necessarily salvations yet. But we're seeing some lives that just just half-baked, half-in, touched by the move of the Spirit in the service and their whole life changed. I wish I could tell you more. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And it flows through this. It's manifesting in compassion in prayer and compassion in the services. Now, let's real quickly go to, uh, let's look at Jesus uh, in uh, the Gospels. Look at, you can just write these verses down if you want. Look at uh, Matthew 14, 14, or you can just write it down. Jesus went forth, saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Notice that compassion was a doorway into that miracle. Or let's say those miracles, those healings. That's what moved him to to walk into that. Matthew 14, 14. Now, you can write down Matthew 9, 36. Uh, 9, 36. Moved. um, This is where he he said the harvest is plenty, laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest, he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. So this compassion moved him to, uh, and, and had him invite people into prayer about what he longed to do. Can you see that? I'm coming more and more to the conviction. The more, the reason we don't see more of the move of God is that we are not flowing in compassion. I didn't say you, I said we. That's where these longings come from. That's where prayer, all real prayer that gets over into travail, yearnings and longings and groanings, that's where it comes from. Those yearnings and longings and groanings come from compassion. That, that, the longing in God's heart gets into your heart. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. God, the Lord spoke to me and he said to me one time, it's the God cry. It's the, the God yearning. It's what God yearns to do. And he's, he said, I need somebody to be touched with what I'm touched with because I long to do something. I don't want to see people die and go to hell or, or not live out their life or don't want to see mamas taken from babies and, and daddies taken from babies by cancer and disease. And, I don't want to see that. But he needs his people to respond to prayer and compassion. And he doesn't want to see the church struggle in Kansas City because we're not praying. And so the harvest is not there what it should be, nor the church struggle here. 
because, the, because of a lack of finances or a lack of the move of the Spirit. Amen. Or lack of laborers or lack of anything that, that the move of God needs, that the work of God needs. We can pray these things out and make tremendous power available. Well, my goodness. So uh, go to, if you want to just write it down or whatever you want to do, write down Matthew 15, 32. That's the feeding of the 4,000. But if you read Matthew 15, 32, it says, he, he said, I have compassion on the people. That's why he ministered the, the, the uh, multiplication of that bread. It came out of that flow of compassion. That's Matthew 15, 32. Now, Matthew 20, verse 34 is where two blind men were healed. He had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. That's Matthew 20, verse number 34. I'm trying to go slow enough if you want to write these down. Matthew 20, verse 34. Now, Mark 1, 40 through 41 is the uh, cleansing of the leper. Remember, if you will, thou canst make me clean. He, Bible said he was, I, I, sometimes I quote it, I'll say, he, he uh, touched him and said, no, it didn't say he touched him. It said, it said he moved with compassion. Yes. He yes. touched him. Yes. Moved with compassion. That's Mark 1, verse number 40, uh, 41, uh, 40 and 41. Then Mark 5, verse 19, Mark 5, verse 19, the madman of Gadara was delivered from demon possession. And whenever he's set free, he said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Yeah. So he moved with compassion, set that man free. Now, here's one I just love, Luke 7, 13. I'm getting to something here. Luke 7, 13. And when the Lord saw her, now, I'll give you the context. This is whenever he was going into a city and there was a funeral procession coming out of the city. And the Bible said there was a widow woman whose only son had died. So she's a widow, meaning her husband had died. Now, her only son, which would have been her only near relative to help provide for her, yes. now he's died. Yes. Yeah. Now, so they're, they're, they're coming out of the city in the funeral procession. And the Bible said when he, notice how it says this, Luke 7, 13. When the Lord saw her, the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And said unto her, weep not. And he, he touched the casket and, and uh, ministered and rose, the man rose up from death. Compassion got him into that yes, flow of the Spirit. Yes, yes, I want yes, you to see that. Yes, that compassion. Now, you'd almost get the idea. It says this so often. You almost get the idea that this is what was, that this compassion was a doorway into this flow of the Spirit. Yes. You catch that. Catch that. That's very key. Compassion, flowing in compassion is a doorway that you can go through to get into this flow of the Spirit where miracles happen. All these miracles were either healings or provision for those that were, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 was provision for them. Um, and this flow has a doorway to get into it. So he had compassion on her. She had no means of support, you know. And so uh, he, touched, he was touched with her human need. You know, God is touched with what people are hurting with. I guess the question is, can his people be touched with what he's touched with? Which will move us to do certain things. 
And we're not just talking about human sympathy or just doing things in our own ability. Jesus moved in supernatural power. Amen. Human ability can only take us so far. There's a few things we can do humanly, but really there's, that's compared to what we can do supernaturally. Human ability is so insufficient. You know, just won't get us very far. So, um, praise the Lord. Are we getting anything out of this tonight? So what we see here in every one of these cases, he was moved with compassion and he met human needs. And so being touched with the feeling of the firmness, he acted on that compassion that flowed up out of his belly. And miraculously, there was always an an immediate result. I've been in this flow and I'm getting back into it a lot, lot lately, to be honest with you. And so Jesus, these verses show us, now I want you to notice, listen to this very carefully, about Jesus being moved with compassion. It shows us that compassion is a doorway into the Spirit or into the flow of the Spirit or into this flow of the Spirit. That's uh, what the Spirit said to me uh, a while back, a number of years ago. He said, compassion is a doorway into the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And in other words, it'll take you into a place in the spirit where the miraculous flows. As a result of yielding to this and responding to this flow of the spirit, um, it'll be like a launching pad, so to speak, to raise you above your ability to help them into the supernatural power of God and minister to their need by the miraculous. Hallelujah. I mean, have you know our humanity is so limited? You know, by how much we can help hurting humanity. I mean, how about those people that you love? You long for them. You want so much more for them. Well, let that take you to a place of prayer. Now, I'm saying all this to uh, connect it with Matthew. I want to not, not go much longer here. But Matthew 9, I want, I want you to maybe turn to that. Let's go to Matthew 9 real quickly. Verse number 36. Praise the Lord. This is the, we read this so often. Um, we, got, we ought to go back to the verse number 35. He went about all their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he saw the multitude, he was what? Moved, Moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. So he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray. This compassion was moving him to do what he was doing, but he, knew, he saw that there was, the need was so much greater. Yes. And so there needed to be others helping, yes. right? And so he said, pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest, he'll send forth laborers into harvest. And uh, right after this is when he uh, imparted unto the 12, if you read the 10th chapter, uh, and he sent them out and, and, and had them Go out and minister. Whatever city you go into, heal the sick and do, do this and do that. Amen. Then later he sent out 70. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. What am I saying about all this? Uh, pa- compassion will move you to, it'll move you in different ways. It'll move you to minister to people, laying hands on them, uh, yes. but it'll also move you to pray for them. Uh, the, the end result of all this flow of compassion is the miraculous. Amen. And so this flow of the Spirit needs to be yielded to. 
get your spirit in a place to where he, you're touched with what he's touched with. We got to stop as the body of Christ being the, remember that story of the uh, good Samaritan? He wasn't of the right nationality for Jews to do anything to help him. So Jews, they, they, they saw him beat up and over the night. They went over on this side of the road to get by him. You know what I'm talking about? We need to stop not being touched. I'm not talking about human sympathy. I'm not talking about it. I've walked right past people before and, and nothing stirred in my belly. But I've walked past other people going, oh, mashakaye. Amen. So, um, I want you to see here Hebrews chapter number, how should I, how should I do this here? Um, Hebrews chapter number four, verse number 15. This is, you know, what, we, what we're reading here in the Gospels. Are y'all still here? Yes. We're going to pray here in a bit. I don't want to take much time here. Hebrews four, verse number 15. We're familiar with this, but let's think of it in the way we're sharing. Uh, let's go back to verse 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You know those words, touched with the feeling of, is from one Greek word in the Greek, means compassion. Yeah. Or, you know, have compassion. We have not a high priest that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities or doesn't have compassion on the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And so he let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So he's saying, Jesus, this is, let's paraphrase a little bit. Jesus is the same today as he was when he was on the earth. Yes. He's touched yes. with the needs that people have. Yes. He's touched with it, touched with the feeling of their infirmities. Can you see that? That's what he's saying. He's still the same today at the right hand of the Father as he was during his earthly ministry, just like we read back in the Gospels. He's still the same as he was back in the Gospels. Are you following me? The difference now is that he now carries out his ministry of compassion through us, his body. We're laborers together with God in this. Now he's touched, but he's not here in the flesh. He needs somebody here in the flesh. That's what he rose from the dead to give us our authority back to do, to be able to go to the throne of grace and obtain so that the will of God can come to pass. And when God sees something's getting ready to happen, that's not his will so that the body of Christ that he has authorized down here can do something about it. Amen. So when, when, when we start learning to yield to this, when it rises up within us and yield to love, how I many of you know God is love? And God will move through us, his people, to work supernatural things to meet the needs of hurting humanity. Praise God. How much experience do you have in that? If you, long, if you hear this and you long for more, or if you long, you say, I've never tapped into this. Uh, if, you, if you've never tapped into it or you long for more, uh, give yourself to prayer. And, and practice not overriding promptings, yes, yes. the cues to it. Yes. You might get a prompting that doesn't seem real strong, but you got a prompting. If you give yourself to it, the Holy Ghost then will begin to come on you. Amen. And you'll step over into the flow of this. Yes. 
And you might say, I've never been over in the flow of yearnings, travail, or anything like that. I don't know anything about that. You get over in the, you start yielding. See, what we, when we start yielding to the Holy Ghost, it gives him permission to use us. He's a perfect gentleman. Demons will force his way, their, their way into people's lives, but God won't. He will, he's waiting for somebody to yield to him and give him permission. And when he sees somebody that yields to the promptings, that he's saying, I found somebody that gives me the permission. So he'll start using them in this flow, and they'll begin to be used to be praying out miracles. This matters to me. It matters to me that you pray because I need your supply of prayer. It matters to you that I pray because you need my supply of prayer. And it ought not be that we bury one single young person in this congregation. Or, or anybody 50, 50 or 60 years old or 70 years old, they'll live out their whole life because yes. we make this such a supply of the Spirit available. Yes. Amen. It ought to be that this ministry lacks nothing when it comes to helps ministry, when it comes to uh, money, when it comes to, you know, the move of the Spirit and signs and wonders and the harvest of this city. You know, it just should be that if it's not one thing, it's another. Just miracles over here or miracles over here. Something's happening over there. Praise the Lord. Because we're moving in this compassion. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What this is, is a manifestation of the God kind of love. Yes. And that has already been shed abroad in our hearts. Amen. Isn't that what the Bible says? We have it, but we have to yield to it. This is one of the ways we yield to this. Praise the Lord. As we do, John 14, 12 will happen. Verily I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Whoa, greater, greater in number, even greater in manifestation. Praise the Lord. Praise the works that he did were born out of compassion. The same thing that, that, that we're going to flow in and that can, that can manifest in prayer. Hallelujah. Now, I want to read something. There's a statement here I'm looking for that um, according to these verses, the, the, the flow of compassion is the prerequisite to getting into what I'm talking about tonight. In other words, without getting into compassion, without allowing ourselves to be touched, then we'll not get into this. We got we to gotta know that that's the flow of, of intercession. Yes, sir. That's the flow of supplication.